And sometimes this might be relationships. It might be our own bodies. It might be the children among us who grow and just keep moving along. It might be the planet. It might be our ways of thinking or being. It could be this city or this country or the world. Sometimes the complex and dynamic nature of life is disorienting, and that is particularly evident when suffering and injustice are present as life happens to us. Life tends to form or train us more often than not to fight rather than to be at ease and to hope. And we wait for a sign to be reoriented to what is true and good and beautiful to what is life-giving. I'm going to ask a couple of questions of us today and ask that we think about it as I pause, um, ponder these two questions, but maybe take them into our space together as we brunch, okay? Some food for thought. The first question is, is there a word or a phrase that reflects how you might feel disoriented these days? Is there a word or phrase that reflects how you might feel disoriented these days? The season of Advent is really an exercise in waiting. And surprisingly, as a fairly impatient person, even I have come to love the anticipation, the joining in the holy work of waiting. As I mentioned, Advent is the beginning of the church year, and I've come to appreciate it for what it is. It is a Sabbath of sorts. It is meant to set the rhythm and tone for the year ahead. And so now we wait with hopeful anticipation. As I mentioned, our text for today is Isaiah chapter 2. It will sound familiar probably to you. I'm going to read it from the NRSV. You're welcome to just listen before we head into brunch together. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now, I will, I'm going to stop along the way. I do this from time to time. The way that this is written means that it was done so as a vision being expressed in a binding way. So that's how we should hear it and let it fall upon our ears. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. It's probably quite familiar to us, but a lot of ancient peoples in their religion saw their God as dwelling on a high mountain. In this prophecy at the very beginning, it says, in the days to come. In Hebrew, it might also be translated as in the afterwards of these days or in time, not to be confused with the end of time or beyond time. But the dwelling place of God will be prominent in time. It is coming. It will be clearly seen. All people will stream. What's interesting about this word stream is that in Hebrew, it is actually nahar, which means to flow to because of something. And in this case, because it shines or maybe sparkles. Maybe I thought of glitter. Darn you, Brittany. Uh, it beams light or it burns. In other words, the dwelling place of God is radiant. We might even say 
it beckons us. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This mountain of the Lord is coming. It is the Messiah, God incarnate, who will dwell among us. And we will be reoriented precisely because we will be taught the new ways within Christ's presence. We will learn and be shown the way. We might say we'll have our minds changed. We might turn from old ways or repent and once again be reoriented to walk the path that Christ has. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate or settle cases for many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. God dwelling with us will settle cases between all who have been fighting at war, disoriented, or taken the not-so-good paths. And there will no longer be a need to learn war anymore. All those tools meant for destruction and death will be transformed with great force, actually, as it's written here, into tools for cultivating life among all people. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. My second question for us is, where do you anticipate the Spirit wanting to do reorienting work in you or in us because of Christ dwelling God with us? I'm going to read the text one more time straight through and ask that you ponder that and maybe consider discussing it over brunch. The word of Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, in this Advent season, may we watch and wait with anticipation and with hope for you to dwell and rise up among all those hills, among all in the landscape of life that competes for our attention or might set us on a path that is not life-giving. We wait for you a beacon that guides our way and our path home, illuminating the good road. 
we wait with hopeful anticipation that Christ, the reorienting presence of you with us, is coming. So may we wait with ease and great hope. May it be so. Amen.